Hello, Brad here. Just to say we're super proud that the Friday 5pm podcast is sponsored by the Malt Miller, the UK's best home brew store. We use the Malt Miller for all of our homebrew experiments, as well as tapping them up for advice and binging on their awesome YouTube channel all the time. That's why whenever we release a homebrew video, we put a recipe kit live on the Malt Miller, so you can brew with the exact same amazing ingredients that we did. The same ingredients used by pro brewers. So alongside the Malt Miller's nitro-flushed hops, cold-stored yeast and milled-to-order malts, you can pick up recipe kits for our Five Points Best Bitter, Russian River West Coast IPA, and now the fastest beer in the world, a hazy session IPA that goes from grain to glass in less than 48 hours. Sign up to their newsletter at tinyurl.com forward slash maltmiller to get 5% off your first order. With the Malt Miller's amazing customer service and Johnny's 48-hour recipe, you could order the ingredients on a Monday and be drinking the beer by the weekend. Speaking of which, it's Friday. It's 5pm. So enjoy this week's Friday 5pm podcast. Good afternoon, Beer Geeks. Happy Friday. I'm feeling really chipper because it's it's just moments till I can have a full-strength beer again. You, you're sticking to this story, are you? That you've, you haven't imbibed any proper proper beer for a month yeah i i haven't i haven't imbibed a full beer in uh what are we at 20 25 days 28 days see i don't even i don't even care how many days it's been that's how easy this has been i haven't been crying at my desk i haven't just been sat staring into space on a friday afternoon i haven't you know just gone to bed early because i can't drink no 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 i've dealt with it really well I do like the fact that it's 28 days later, Johnny, like the, um, like the zombie <laughs> apocalypse horror film. So in my head, I'm just picturing you just frantic in a, in a world that feels like it's uh, post-apocalyptic because you're not allowed any beer. Um, yeah, and to be honest, I, do, I, do, I have started twitching a bit like the zombies in that film when people oh talk dear. about beer. <laughs> They're incredibly fast zombies in that film, aren't they? I'm not sure they how are. I feel about fast zombies. I think... I think slow zombies are probably more accurate because, uh, you know, the mechanics of how someone who's not that fast as a human could suddenly become that much faster uh, as a zombie with with lower lower brain functions. I just don't get it. I don't get it. Well, they do slow down as they get more tired and more kind of dead. I think, mm. you know, in the last couple of shots, they're really struggling. But initially, it's just a virus, isn't it? They're full of beans. <laughs> this is not why people tune in to Friday 5pm <laughs> to hear us debate uh, whether zombies should be fast or not. Or maybe they do. I just thought I'd get straight in there in the first minute, Johnny, and just t- totally <laughs> torpedo the beer chat. <laughs> just like a train pulling out of the station straight into a crash. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, mate, I'm excited for you to be able to have some... Lovely libations, some, 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 uh, I won't call them crispy boys because, because a lot of people are, uh, sort of hating on the crispy boy terminology this week. I've seen, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, one of the comments in the video this week was, uh, stop trying to make crispy boys happen, which is basically what I've been trying to do for about three years on the channel. So it was a yeah. fair comment, but I'm never gonna stop. Um, what have you been up to this week? Anything, Beery Bradders? Oh, nothing too beery, mate. I've just been just been slogging away with work this week. Um, my mum's off for her um, her jab today, so I'm. Hey, I'm, that's great I'm, news. I'm excited, but I'm also very nervous because I suffer with anxiety. I'm a bit worried about her going into hospital and 
all the rest of it. But, you know, hopefully it's, well, I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. But, yeah. It will be absolutely fine. And it's great news that, that she's getting yeah. it. Um, yeah, exactly. And that of all the things that the government have fucked up, and I'm not saying, you know, there's issues with the second dose, but they do seem to be rolling it out pretty quick, which is which is good. And I hope that's the same for everybody around the world. Things are, are starting to move. Um, so what you're saying is that despite despite me being the one that's given up alcohol, I've been doing more beer stuff because I've been working on the videos and indeed brewing uh, brewing our next homebrew for the channel. Yeah, I was pretty um, gutted I couldn't come for the homebrew uh, when, you, when you brewed it uh, a couple of days ago. I I tell you what I was doing that day, Johnny. I was I was working on artwork for a for a new um, TV series that's coming out on 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 UK television, and I was editing um, how how wide a lady's shoulders are. Um, so <laughs> because they the the suit she was wearing was was not um, she she had permission to um, to request what image because uh, she's the star of the show she can basically dictate what images get used for press and stuff. So I was basically trying to narrow this, um, this actress's shoulders down, uh, which was really complicated because she's wearing a pinstripe suit. So um, <laughs> if you try and like Photoshop a pinstripe suit, the lines give away what you've done. So this was a very, very extensive process. Um, was so, it yeah. is it as intensive as brewing a 100 IBU red IPA with 200 grams of hop addition at six different points during the boil, Bradley? Damn, uh, no, probably not. <laughs> by the sounds of it, uh, no, no, I would have rather been doing that to be honest. I can but, imagine. Um, yeah, like how did it smell? I'm imagining it smelled pretty wonderful. Yeah, it's amazing. So. In case people don't know, this this is our celebration of reaching 100,000 subscribers. And to celebrate that, we're doing a 100 IBU red IPA. So an IBU for every thousand people that subscribed. Um, so it smells of caramel and red fruit and actually quite... The hops were just so green because they were just straight in. So they haven't developed any kind of real... Um, more complex flavour. Um, but, it, I mean, it smelled delightful. It tasted delightful. I tasted the wort, and, oh, boy, has that got some bitterness on it. <laughs> um, that's going to be interesting. We'll see how how fierce that bitterness is once, you know, the sweetness has gone because the, the sugar's fermented out. Um, but it should be a really interesting video, and we've got some big plans for it. And it all went well, which which can't be said for every homebrew we've ever done. No, um, that's amazing, man. I'm really excited to, to taste it, I think. Something that bitter and something hopefully that that kind of color is going to be quite a different experience because it's not a sort of style that that's that popular right now. So um, it's cool to it's cool to do something like that for sure. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll we'll see how it turns out. Um, shall we talk about this week's video? Yeah, go on then. Right. So this week's video was um, about as close to clickbait. Well, the second closest to clickbait we've ever come, because obviously we did um, did the best beer in the world the week before. But th yeah. this one was all about, um, I, I guess it was inspired by silly things that come up in the comments time and time and time again that really annoy us and that we wanted to put right. Now, obviously, we didn't directly tackle those comments because that would be maybe a little bit rude. Um, but we just talked about five things that we wish all beer geeks knew that we thought would help um stop the spread of, of misinformation 
Um, so if you haven't seen that, obviously the link is, is in the show notes as always. So the comments, thankfully, did not disappoint. Um, we got loads of people who, you know, agreed with our comments, loads of people that disagreed with our comments, and loads of people who started making comments that were exactly like the comments that inspired the video. So yeah. one example of that was Terence Doherty, who came on going, five other things you need to know about craft beer. It must be brewed in Islington. The drinker must live in Islington. He must have a beer. It must cost more than £8. It must be served in half a pint glass, and you have to report back on social media. Wow. Um I can only name one brewery in Islington. Yeah. I, I, mean, I can't think of any others. Uh, Hamilton's the only one I can think of. I guess he's sort of uh, insinuating that it's the height of hipsterdom. Uh, yeah, which means he's about 30 years too late. Yeah, like no hipsters live in Islington anymore. They can't fucking afford it. Yeah, and it's where you go for really expensive meals. It's not yeah. <laughs> it's not a trendy place whatsoever. No. Um, so yeah, screw you, Terence, in the nicest possible way. Mm. Um, what comments did you enjoy, Brad? Yeah, so I, I uh, got a, a comment from, from Ben Riley, which really resonated with me, um, which he just said, An- another great video, guys. Uh, another point maybe for next time. You don't always need to drink from a glass. If I'm drinking a new beer I've spent £7 a can on, then yeah, I'll drink it from the best uh, from a glass for the best experience. But I've been known to drink a four-pack of Northern Monk Faith, for example, my favourite corpale, from a can, usually at a barbecue, with a can in a koozie. Um, I mean, like, I'm, I'm down with that, to be honest. Like, I, as I've said in this podcast... Um, I've been doing a little bit of street drinking over, over the sort of lockdowns and, uh, well, not necessarily lockdowns, but over the whole sort of COVID process because it's the only sort of outside drinking that I can do, you know, like I'd normally I'd be in a pub or a pub garden. Um, even in winter time, I'd be kind of braving a pub garden from time to time. So, you know, you're not allowed glass on the street, but you can crack a cheeky, 330 mil tinny um if you're feeling particularly fruity and and i think if it's a core beer if it's a, a fridge beer that you're always used to drinking an old reliable beer there's nothing wrong with just sipping from a can i i know you're not getting the full taste and and kind of flavor experience uh because you you're not letting all of those you know flavors out you know you can't smell them all you can't get the full the full whack but at that point, when you know, especially if, if it's a communal thing at a barbecue, or you're out with your mates, um, I think it's I think you can get away with it. I think it's fine. This summer, I'm going to be hosting talks at the Manchester, Bristol and London Craft Beer Festivals, giving festival goers the chance to attend tutored tastings, rare beer pours, meet the brewers and even guided tours of the bars. These three festivals are the highlights of my events calendar, featuring some of the world's best breweries with delicious restaurant pop-ups, great music and a really welcoming party atmosphere. It's the third year I've been hosting the We Are Beer Tastings table, but for the first time I'm delighted to offer all of our listeners, viewers and Patreons £5 off a ticket when you use the code CBC5. Just hit the link in the description to buy. See you there. I think I, I I kind of can't believe we have to have this conversation. To be honest, mm. like 
we should all be drinking from cans and bottles unless you really want to get the most from it. Um, it's it's a perfectly natural and normal thing to do. Like if you want to drink from the bottle, drink from the bottle. If you want to drink from the can, drink from the can. Even if it's a double IPA, even if it's a barley wine, you know whatever you want to do is what's going to give you the best experience. Um, yeah. When it comes to really appraising a beer or a really special beer that you really want to remember, then of course put it in the glass. You'll get a better experience. But most of my drink, you know, when I'm drinking at home, unless it's homebrew, which is from my keg. I'll I'll mostly drink from the can, if it, you know, particularly if it's a lower ABV thing. I'll only put you know double IPAs, barley wines, imperial stouts in glasses, um, where it's a really heady experience. If I'm just drinking a pale fire, there's no way I'm putting it in a glass. No, I think there's something quite satisfying about cracking a nice cool can and uh, just sitting back and not you know not being asked to like pour it out and get the perfect pour mm. and all the rest of it. Yeah, like we've always said, the more you understand about beer, the more you can shut the fuck up and enjoy it. Yeah. And, you know, I know what pale fire tastes like. I don't need to appraise it. And I get a wonderful experience drinking it straight from the can. Yeah. Uh, you still, you know, you get so much aroma from the retronasal, which is like when you breathe out after you swallow. So it's, you, you're still going to have a wonderful experience. You're just not going to um, get completely sort of caught up in the moment, which is almost better if you're at a barbecue or having a conversation or something like that. Definitely. Um, can we yeah, just have I a shout totally out right. for the for the magical, amazing invention that is a can as well? You know, this thing's <laughs> been around for well over a hundred years, um, and it's kind of changed the way that we eat and drink. You know, certainly yeah. throughout like hard times. You know, any going back to zombie apocalypse sort of uh, tales, all that's left in a zombie apocalypse, Johnny, are cans, mate. So everyone yeah. on the wall. And if they're dead, fast they're... zombies, then yeah. you know you don't have time to put it in a glass. No, you ain't got time. Plus, <laughs> you can chuck a can at a zombie's head. You could beat a, com- a you could beat in the soft cranium of a zombie with a can of beer. I reckon. Yeah. So you know it's multi-use. Maybe. I'd probably decant the can after that. You don't <laughs> want to get zombie blood on you. No, I would. I would decant. I I give it a thorough sp- uh, rinsing and then um, you know decant. <laughs> If you've got a, you know, maybe a nice bit of crystal glassware if in your in your zombie apocalypse uh, setup. You you grab the weirdest things during the apocalypse, like quick, grab all the essentials, <laughs> and I'm there getting like a golf club and a warm jacket, mm. and you're going, but the crystal glassware. Hmm. Well, you know, gotta gotta enjoy the uh, the finer things in in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, um, small comforts in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. But uh, yeah, cans are great. Love cans. Uh, there was another comment. Um, we we spoke about f- uh, freshness being fetishized, and we had mm. lots of comments from people. You know, most people agree. We didn't have anybody going like, "Now nah, I don't drink IPA this more than like two weeks old." Um, lots of people sort of pontificating on when an IPA is at its best. The the caveat I would put out there is again, it depends on the storage of it. So lots of people going, you know, I think that five weeks is the best point. Um, as Samurai Flip Flop Flip, whew, Samurai Flip Hop said, in in my opinion, five weeks is the point at which a good IPA starts to become great. You're totally right, but if it was stored for five weeks at twenty degrees, it would be terrible. If it was stored for five weeks at ten degrees, it might be all right. If it was at five degrees, it would taste absolutely magical. So, again. We focus, I think, too much on the time, and we need to focus yeah. on the storage. What temperature yeah, has it been at? That's more important. Mm, exactly. Yeah, it's all about the context, isn't it? It's 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 the 
the kind of life that that can's lived uh, before you open it, which we exactly, talk about yeah. a lot. But it, I mean, it really is that critical um, mm. that it's been taken care of, baby. Yeah. I would say. So you know, it, nowadays, particularly with lockdown, we're mostly buying probably direct from the brewer. In that case, then Samurai Flip Hop is probably right. Like, it's probably going to taste its best around about a month after it was canned. Yeah. If, you know, if it's come direct from the brewer and it's spent time in your fridge. That, that for me, is a good rule. I, I think about four weeks is probably when it's going to be at its best. Um, that's not to say that before that it's crap or after that it's crap. It's still going to be good for three to six months afterwards if it's well made. And it would hopefully have been good straight out of the brewery, but sometimes they do get very, very green and a little bit mm. astringent to start with. Um, so, yeah, th- those are the comments that, that caught our, our eye. Lots of people saying similar things, but those are just the ones that, that sort of caught our eye. And it was it was really, you know, I was kind of worried about some of the content we've had to put out this lockdown because we, we didn't have time to prepare for it. Uh, but actually, we've created some really great debate that's been amazing to read. And I've really enjoyed the comments that have been coming in recently. Yeah, I think that's it. You know, we've we've had to evolve um, in difficult circumstances. We, we'd obviously love to be out there on the road discovering new breweries, new amazing beers and, and new sort of travelling experiences. But that's not the world right now. So we've, we've had to um, travel a different kind and, uh, you know, explore all of these kind of burning questions that, are, you know, I think they're pretty important. Like you said, they're a little bit, clickbaity potentially but they're really not once you once you get into it we're, we're just trying to spread um information that's that's kind of key to uh appreciating beer At the end yeah of the day, when it comes to our clickbait sort of thumbnails and, and titles I, I i say to myself like under promise and over deliver so if it looks like clickbait just don't actually have a clickbait like get the click and then really start a great conversation which i think is hopefully what we've managed and, and hopefully you guys um you guys agree as well um so talking of great interaction just a quick reminder we've got a, our last couple of boxes left for our pressure drop live show so we nearly sold out um so there's honestly like three or four left so if you want to get in on that buy it now there's a link in the show notes if you do miss out still put an order in because some of those beers will still be available just to buy sort of um, in the normal web shop and you can drink along with with most of it. So don't see that as a reason not to be involved for next Saturday's live show with Pressure Drop at 8pm with the lovely uh, Sienna and Claire from the brewery. It's going to be lots and lots of fun. Um, We've got a question to take this week, Bradley. I totally forgot about the question. Bloody hell. Oh, yeah. Uh, It's a big big question. So... um, Stand by for this one from uh, Lackey Sommers. Hey, Brad and Johnny. Lockie from Melbourne here. I'm asking a question relating to my new hobby of homebrewing. I teach students, and when they do something selfish, I often ask the question, what if everybody was doing it? With this in mind, I'm trying to rationalise um, homebrewing. If every beer geek picked up homebrewing, would it not take away much-needed income from local independent craft brewers do you think i should feel guilty i guess i'm hoping for reassurance that my favorite craft breweries will stay strong during these tough times whilst i still do a cheeky little homebrew batch cheers fellas and keep up the good work wow um (laughs) 
Brad, do you it's, want to go first? I need well, a second. Look, I mean, it's a huge question. Obviously, we we are now championing home brewing um, as as a as a sort of thing to participate in. I think it makes a lot of sense. The world we're living in right now, um, we've all got a bit of extra time. Hopefully, where we, you know, before we were commuting and doing this and that. Um, now we find ourselves with a bit of spare time. And, you know, it's it's really nice to sort of, and comforting to try and take up a hobby. So I don't think you should feel guilty about um, being a home brewer. Uh, you know, we should all feel that we should support our local independent breweries and bottle shops. Um, and we need to do that because we, we want to have them post-COVID. Um, but, but by all means, I think the more that we can learn as individuals uh, about beer and about how to brew beer and get a, a deeper understanding on how difficult it is to make fucking awesome beer. Um, I think a lot of people will be humbled when they try home brewing and go, that actually tastes horrible. That's nothing like what I thought it was going to taste like. What's gone wrong there? You know, and you, you, you will become a more forgiving and a, and a better person for it. Um, so that goes, you know, for untapped raters, that are, you know, we're always talking about how harsh people are on Untapped when they just totally decimate a brewery by by jumping on and saying that you know a particular beer they've had's no good, and that you know you should you should kind of always be a little bit re- not reserved but kind of more compassionate and um, more even tempered about how you review stuff, and I think the more people that are home brewing the more people understand how difficult it is to brew, the the better it is for everyone. So yeah, don't feel guilty about it. I, I totally agree with that final point. Like the more people that are home brewing, the more people have understanding of the complications um, of making beer because it is an incredibly complicated process. And of course, transport, which we talked about earlier, is incredibly complicated. So having more people who are home brewing and understanding that is only going to increase um the, the, the knowledge that we have and the drive that we have to improve as an industry. Um, and it's going to get us drinking the good stuff, which, you know, is good for the market. So it's sort of like the more you know, the more you can actually contribute. So I think that's one way in which homebrewers are really important. Another way is that lots of homebrewers go on to be professional brewers. So it's a vital um, a vital stream of, of knowledge and of inspiration coming from amateur homebrewers, even if they don't become professional brewers themselves. So many blogs and stuff um, are used by professional brewers for for information. Um, I think also it helps widen the scope because, you know, I'm a huge beer geek um, and my friends know that. And often they'll be quite sceptical of stuff if I say, hey, try this. But if I say, hey, try my homebrew, everybody wants to try it. So it's a great way of bringing new people in. So you can be part of that journey as well. And that's another way that you can support your local breweries by getting people excited about it. It's a great way of spreading it. Um, and also the, the other thing to remember is, you know, we don't have any sort of contractual obligation or loyalty to particular small independent and ethical businesses. So yes, home brewing might mean you spend a little bit less at a brewery or at a bottle shop. But it does hopefully mean that you're going to spend more at a local independent homebrew store or a local independent shop um, where you buy, I don't know, cacao nibs or fruit that's going to go in. And it also means that when you're homebrewing and you meet people and you share it, so many of these homebrew clubs, they meet in the pub. So they're generating people drinking um, and supporting small independent businesses there as well. 
So yes, there could be some issues if you're just homebrewing, keeping it all to yourself, not telling anybody about it, and just you know not supporting industries. You know, you have a total right to do that. You know, particularly if you want to save money, if money's an issue for you. But yeah, you are perhaps taking some money outside of that industry. But most homebrewers, it's only doing good for the industry as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, the conversations we've had with lots of brewers, they love the fact that, you know, the Craft Beer Channel is promoting homebrewing. They love the fact that they're homebrewers. And most of the conversations they have online, most of the emails they get are from homebrewers who love their beer and who love producing beer. So I, I think it's part and parcel and an important part of the whole um, beer scene, those homebrewers, I think there is they're, they're a really positive thing for brewers. Yeah, I mean, for me as well. Like, just to add to that, it's you know, if we look at beer as like an ecosystem, uh, craft beer, you know, you've you've it's just another part of the ecosystem. So it's uh, it doesn't mean because you're consuming that at home that you're not drinking other beer. Um, it, it just it just enriches. Um, the, the the scene and the community so the the more education that um you know people can have the more power that you have and and the more that you know you just you just spread the knowledge it's it's a great thing yeah absolutely what a positive way to end the show um yeah homebrewers unite uh all power to you um and you know if, if you do worry that you're not spending enough and you've got the money then you know Go out there and, and support an independent business. Doesn't have to be a brewery. So there's lots of ways that we can just do be the best people that we possibly can. Um, so we're back on Wednesday with the video to end all videos. It is my video diary of my month not drinking alcohol, going from 40 units to zero, screeching to a halt. Um, and that should be a really fun video. Uh, I've also got some terrifying testimonies from some experts who work in clinics and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, prepare for that. It should be good fun. Um, and then also on Sunday, uh, so two days time, we've also got the next full length episode of The Bubble Coming, which is an interview uh, between me and the drummer of the Scottish rock band Frightened Rabbit. Uh, it's a really um, interesting and quite emotional uh interview um that's well worth a listen around uh, mental health being in a cult band and uh natural cider so i hope you guys enjoyed that and make sure you uh you tune in on sunday at midday when that goes live bradders anything to add for the end beautiful um only to join us along uh on our pressure drop beer drink along um that we've got coming up on the is it the 6th it's the 6th February? The 6th of February, Saturday the 6th of February. I believe there are still boxes available. Um, and also Bigfoot Festival, um, which we're involved in, has now got tickets on sale. So if you love beer, you love, love music, uh, love great food, love getting out of the house, hopefully, and camping, <laughs> yeah, if we're allowed to. Um, they've got a great lineup of music already with Primal Scream, Fat White Family, Hot Chip, um and Errol Alcan who's a particular favorite of mine so um yeah if you want to if you want to join us and support an independent beer and food and music festival go check them out yeah absolutely do i'll put a link to that in the uh, show notes as well all right guys uh we'll see you on sunday and on wednesday and on Sat friday and saturday you can't get enough of us or maybe you already have in which case we won't see you but uh Till next time, love and beer.
The Bubble Podcast is brought to you by the nerds behind YouTube's Craft Beer Channel. Head to youtube.com slash the Craft Beer Channel to watch this week's video and over 400 more exciting episodes. If you love what we do, please, please, please do subscribe and even join our Patreon at patreon.com slash craft beer channel. Love and beer.